Uh, this is a story called The Professor and the Pies. Long ago, before there were airplanes or cars or, or even trains, there lived in Cambridge an old professor. He lived in an ancient house on Bridge Street and near the River Cam. The house was very large, with a great front room and an old kitchen and lots of closets and even some secret passages. The professor lived in only one room, where he had many books his bed, table, and fire. He needed no more because he always ate in college and taught his students in his rooms in college and kept the rest of his books there. Professors always have lots of books. He could have lived in his college rooms, but he kept his room in the old house so that he could get away from time to time and so that he might have somewhere to stay in the holidays. For Cambridge, in term, is always alive with people, students and teachers, merchants and residents. But in the holidays, everybody goes away to the country. When especially at Christmas, students are away and the townsfolk go to visit their families. And Cambridge is very quiet. The only sounds of life in the cold days in late December in the old university town, the rustle of the river cam and the scuffle of a few passers-by on Old Bridge Street, the quacking of the ducks on the river, the call of a little black moorhen, and the scratching noise of the mice that lived in the walls and the cellars of the old houses in Cambridge. One Christmas Eve... The professor was sitting all alone in a big armchair by the fire reading a book. He had begun to fall asleep, for the book that he was reading was getting rather dull. Uh, many of the books that professors have to read are very dull. The old college clock in the tower had just struck twelve when the professor woke up with a start. Over in the corner, from behind one of the bookcases, came a scratching noise. Scratch, scratch. Scratch, scratch. It sounded like the scuffling of a little mouse or squirrel. The professor sat up and muttered to himself, Those mice again. There came more scratching sounds from behind the bookcase. It sounded like many little feet. Uh, there was a little squeak and some scampering away, and then it was quiet. The professor crept softly over to the bookcase to investigate the matter, our professors are always investigating things. He lit a lamp and set it on a table near the corner. I'll find the hole and cover it up, he thought. Then the little creatures will not be able to get in. But he did not really want to catch the mice or chase them away. After all, if there were no mice or ducks or squirrels or moorhens, the professor would have been all alone, for everyone in college had gone home to rest for Christmas. But professors must not rest. There's much work to be done. He shone the little lamp in the corner, 
hoping to find the mouse hole. But to his surprise, there on the floor by the old bookcase was a little tiny mince pie. It smelled ever so delicious, and as the professor picked it up, he noticed that it was hot. Most extraordinary, thought the professor to himself, and then he said, how extraordinary. He tasted it, as delicious as it smells, he thought. Uh, but who made it? And how was it made? And why leave it for me? And many other questions came to his mind, questions too numerous to repeat. Uh, professors are always asking questions. And when he'd eaten the little pie, he went back to his chair to think and wait to see if anything further would happen. However extraordinary, the evidence suggested that the mice living in the basement had baked a pie for the old professor and left it for him in the corner of the bookcase. The professor settled back into his chair by the fire and began to doze again. He was awakened by the old clock striking one and the scuffling and scratching sound as before. The professor sat up and took careful note. When he had got over to the corner by the bookcase and lit the lamp, however, the mice were gone. But there on the floor was a second little mince pie, just like the first, all hot and smelling so delicious. This time a little note lay beside it, written in tiny words, Happy Christmas, Professor. How extraordinary, thought the professor. Most extraordinary, he said aloud, and then set the second pie on the table with the note, not really sure what to do. Then a thought came to him, perhaps the mice will come again. Perhaps I shall be able to see them and to thank them and to find out why they have been so kind to make me these wonderful Christmas pies. He brought a sturdy wooden chair over to the corner, one with a hard back to keep him from falling asleep. Then he took a book off the shelf, not one he had to study, the kind that make even professors drowse off to sleep, but a fun book about pirates and sea captains and ocean storms. He sat and read for a time, waiting for the mice to reappear. But after a while he began to fear that he would see no more of the mice and their little pies. Perhaps he thought, it was foolish to sit any longer. He decided to go back to bed. But just then the college clock struck two. Uh, presently he heard the scratching and the scuffling of a little mice along the passageway in the wall. Suddenly there appeared a little brown mouse. And then another, and another, and another, and another. Five little mice holding a mince pie just like the other two that the professor had found. They started when they saw the professor and nearly dropped the pie. Excuse us, professor, said the first mouse, and the others said in fright, Excuse us, excuse us, excuse us, excuse us. Uh, well, we only wanted to wish you a very happy Christmas. The professor, who had never talked to mice before, could only say, Oh, thank you, and a happy Christmas to you all. But before he could ask all his questions, the littlest mouse began to cry. It won't be a happy Christmas for us, and not for us, not this year. But why? asked the professor, not still sure about how to talk when speaking with mice. It's Michael, said the largest mouse. We used to be six, 
Timmy and Tommy and Johnny and Jenny and Martin and Michael. Uh, But uh, he could not finish. He began to cry. Tommy said, He means uh, a few weeks ago, Michael was playing by the river. Our mummy told us never to play by the river. And Michael was playing by the river when suddenly he slipped and fell into a pump boat that was floating by. Johnny saw it all happen, and so did Jenny. And Michael tried to scramble back to the shore, but the uh, boat floated up the river. We gave him up for lost, and all began to cry. We cried and cried for days. Then the swan came, the one who lives under the bridge and keeps to himself. He told us that he had seen Michael. He related how Michael had been taken up the river on a boat. The very next time the boat touched the land, Michael jumped off and hid beneath the beech tree on the river bank just beyond the bridge at King's. The swan had offered to bring Michael home on his back, but the little mouse was so afraid he dare not move. He just lay down by the root of the beech tree and went to sleep. Then all five mice began to cry. The professor leaned down to speak with them and to comfort them, but they were only frightened. They turned and whisked down the hole by the bookcase. The professor picked up the delicious pie to put it on his table. The mice had been so good to him to make him the pies, he wished he could do something for them, to help them to have a happy Christmas too. The professor began to think. Now professors are very good at thinking. Suddenly, he decided what to do. Christmas morning, before it was light, he would dress warmly, put on his coat and boots, and go up the river to King's. He would find the beech tree and the little sleeping mouse and bring him home. He stood still, thinking it over, and then he ate the two delicious pies and went to bed. clock on the old college tower struck six. A thick fog lay heavy on the river Cam that early Christmas morning. The professor woke up, lit his fire. He dressed in a hurry and set off up the river before it was light. Past the old bridge at St. John's and the willow-covered Trinity Bridge, barely visible in the fog, he walked along the backs until he came to King's. In the morning mist, he could just see the bridge and beyond it, King's College Chapel, hidden behind the trees. Beneath one of those trees, he thought to himself, beneath the tree by the bridge, I shall find Michael Mouse. The professor looked around all the trees that lay near the bridge, but alas, no mouse was to be found. He looked again, investigating all the roots that he could see. He began to despair of finding the mouse. What shall I do, he thought. I must find the little creature. Perhaps he has moved. Perhaps he tried to get back on his own and found another more comfortable place to spend the winter away from the river's edge. The professor looked around under all the surrounding trees, but nowhere was a mouse to be found. As the fog began to lift, and the morning light brought more of King's College into view, 
The professor decided to give up his search. But as he walked across the bridge, he noticed a beech tree on the other side, one he had missed in the fog. He inspected its roots. In one direction, the roots reached into the master's court. In the other, they reached into the river. He looked around all the roots, and there, quite close to the river's edge, but quite safe and very asleep, was a little mouse. Very carefully, the professor picked up the little creature. He slipped it into his pocket and headed off across the court to King's Parade, down Trinity Street and St. John Street. The one or two people, about on early Christmas Day, greeted the professor. Happy Christmas, professor. Oh, and a happy Christmas to you, he answered. And none of the folk who greeted the professor they held in such high esteem imagined that asleep in his coat pocket was a little brown mouse. Full of Christmas joy, the professor walked quickly past the round church and down Bridge Street. He turned into his passage and opened the door to his room. No sooner was he inside than there came from the corner by the bookcase the squeaking of five little mice jumping in the air and shouting to one another. The professor took from his pocket the little sleeping creature. Michael, 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 they cried. Michael woke up with a start. He jumped out of the professor's hand and scampered across the room to the place where his brothers and sisters were jumping and shouting. All the mice scurried through the hole in the wainscoat. The professor heard the running and the screeching and the laughing all the way down the passage in the wall. And then all was silent. But there, on the floor beside the old bookcase, were five little pies, still hot. A fitting breakfast for a professor who had had very little rest on the night between Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. The professor never saw the mice again, though he often heard their noises. Nor did he tell others his story, but on many a morning, for many years thereafter, he found fresh-baked goods on the floor near the old bookcase. There were cakes and pies and biscuits and scones. It was said that no professor was kinder to his students, and no professor, nor anyone else in Cambridge, served such wonderful baked goods to those students who came to tea. But best of all were the teas held round Christmas when the professor served the most delicious mince pies in all Cambridge. And nobody had ever guessed that they had been baked by mice. <laughs>